welcome to Happy Hour Power. Happy Hour Power! Yeah, baby! Oh man, I'm excited. This I'm is Patrick. And my name is Scout. And today we're here to drink some mojitos and talk about Avenged Sevenfold. The greatest band, in my personal opinion, ever. It's one of the greatest metal bands, I believe, up to date, for sure. Oh yeah, I love them. So much. All right, so for today's drink, we're going to do mojitos, as uh, Patrick said. Mojitos are really good. For me, I think they're very refreshing. And, and uh, you know, I, I prefer drinks, maybe not super stout or, like, super bitter, you know what I mean? You right. and me are kind of the same in that way. I like a little sweetness with a hint of bitter. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like a, like a almost like an incognito-type version of bitter. <laughs> Let's see right. how many words I can use to... No. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. being our uh, resident drink master, you got to tell us how you make this curious concoction. Indeed. Well, there's several different ways. The way I prefer to make it is I take limes. Well, first let's say the ingredients. You need a lime, simple syrup, club soda, white rum, and mint. Okay. And ice, obviously. And rum is like a pretty good like entry-level alcohol, you know? Definitely. I feel like it's one that anyone can get on board with. Yeah, we just took a shot before we did this, so I'm, I'm nice and awake now. I got I'm the, feeling great. Got I'm the perked shake up. Stopped. <laughs> I got my trimmers. My trimmers are calmed down for the day. So, essentially, the quickest way to explain it, if you have, like, a mixer kit, you have, like, a, the metal mixer or, like, the, the, the cup, I guess we call it, like, a, the tin cup or whatever, start with, like, two slices of a lime, muddle it, and then I take the mint, give it a good slap, give it a slap. Yep, you gotta slap that mint. Make that mint. Tell your... who's your daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you put it in there, muddle it some more, add the simple syrup. I say like half a shot to at least one ounce. Pour it in there. Give it a little stir and then add the rum. Then you shake it with ice to get it chilled. Pour it in a cup. Add the soda. Mix it. <clears throat> and then it's your choice if you want to leave the mint in there or not. But I prefer to do it because it looks cooler. I mean, our drinks look pretty cool. You got to admit. We've got a picture we'll show you. About. Oh, yeah. It looks very pretty. Yeah, speaking of, we'll be starting up an Instagram. Um, I haven't done it yet. I'm hoping I can get the name The Happy Hour Power. And uh, I'll let y'all know how it goes. But yeah. Believe in it. Yeah, believe with us, everybody. The Happy Hour Power. That's our life right now. Yeah. All right, so let's give these drinks a try, man. Okay, yeah, I'm ready. I got my bendy straw. Yeah, we have some (laughs) really long bendy straw. Here we go. Clink. That was oh, a clink. Yeah. That was a clink. Wow. Right, so, hmm. what are your what's your opinion on? It? I know you've had it before, but yeah, because I used to work at a restaurant for a little bit, so I definitely it was like a Bahama kind of restaurant. So they yeah, had yeah. a lot of mojitos. They're so um, good. They're they're good shoot. in a specific time. Yeah. I feel like. You know what they did at the restaurant that was different? They would have these little things of sugar cane, like a stick of sugar cane. You would chew on it afterward. Oh wow! And it would absorb the flavor, and it tasted really good. I've never even heard or thought of that yeah it's a weird one this is good i just feel like it doesn't have a lot of flavor which is the same thing i thought when i tried at the restaurant it's good you know i think the mint gives it something a little extra otherwise Mm. it would just be kind of like a limey rum drink right the the mint i think adds kind of a, a different flavor a little bit of a different texture to it and so i think it's ultimately it's a good drink i feel like it's a good summer drink like if you're out in the heat it's a very refreshing drink it'd be like something you drink if you just got through mowing the lawn or something like oh really that would hot, be a good time right? yeah. yeah exactly all right so the mojito ladies and gentlemen it's all right yeah not bad it's good pretty good <laughs> definitely a it. summer drink <laughs> yeah it's a summer drink it's like literally freezing like outside right now there's there's ice 
encapsulating yeah. all the trees. It right is now. February, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the time of the recording. Right. Uh, all okay. Right, so let's talk about what we're going to talk about today, man. Yeah, I'll give you all the little rundown. Um, anyone who's tuning in, you probably heard of Avenged Sevenfold. I would be pretty amazed if you hadn't. You'd have to be like living under a rock or in Ethiopia or something. Yeah. <laughs> Even there, they probably toured Ethiopia. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. They're one of the greatest um, metal bands of the 21st century. It started in 1999, and they've hit platinum, hit gold on different records. They've mm. had legendary performances, just amazing. They've played with all sorts of people, Slipknot, Volbeat, Slash, Metallica. They are incredible band. They've done it all, man. Yeah. And they're about to come out with, what is it, like their eighth album now, too? I guess, yeah. Let's I think that's see. what they're working One, on. Two, yeah, about like their seventh or eighth, which is yeah. insane. I mean, to go that long as a metal band, because, you know, today, like, metal music is definitely not as predominant and, and popular as what it used to be. Because I remember, like, there's yeah. a certain period where, like, Attack, 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 and like, like Devil Wears Prada, and like all the metal music that was oh, yeah. it, you know. And now it's kind of like, what else did they have? We came as Romans. So many they had as a bunch, LA Dying, yeah. Whitechapel. Like there was so many. Like there yeah. was a peak in that in the in that specific time, like the mid two thousands, right? Yeah, yeah. That was right about when Avenged Sevenfold hit their peak too, yeah. which we will definitely get into. <laughs> Absolutely. So it was formed in 1999 in Huntington Beach, California, nice. formed with a guy named uh, I believe it was what Matt. Matthew Snyder? Sanders. Matthew Sanders. Matt Sanders, yeah. No, yeah. I don't know where I got Snyders. Snyder? <laughs> Matt Sanders. He's <laughs> the vocalist. Uh, Zachy Vengeance, who's the rhythm guitar and backing vocal. Sinister Gates, who's the lead guitarist. One of the greatest guitarists ever. He's so good. And um, Johnny Christ became the bassist. Not originally when they first started, but pretty soon afterwards. Yeah. And then there was a guy named Jackie Sullivan, who was... Who was the original... The drummer, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I believe so. Or, or no, no, Jimmy Sullivan. Jimmy Sullivan. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Sullivan. Yeah, James right. Sullivan, technically. Yeah. Yeah. Who is such a good drummer, man. I, I, I modeled, tried to model my hair after him for a long time. And I, I, yep. I when I first started learning drums, which is like insane to start off drum learning by someone like that good. But I was like, I'm going to start off as hard as I can. Oh, I remember. It's like, it, you were like, like first started one... playing your drums and you were like, yeah, I'm trying to learn the backcountry drums. You know, it's going to be fine. I was like, didn't he literally cry after he got finished recording that? Yeah. <laughs> It's like trying to 100% a game in the first game you ever 100%. I want to 100% Skyrim. It's like, wow, that's a really hefty first <laughs> game to 100%. <laughs> I'm going to 100% Bloodborne or Demon Souls. Oh, God. <laughs> Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good game. Let's, let's talk a little bit about it here. First of all, obviously, the obvious question, I mean, like, how were you first introduced to it? I don't actually know if I know how you first heard it. I know, Ooh, I know you know how A little I bit did, of a story but, time. Yeah. I was in middle school, very, very nerdy, as you know at the time, Definitely. but um, I was right in that rebellion stage of like, you know what? I don't want to listen to Green Day anymore. I don't want to listen to My Chemical <laughs> Romance. Those are for lame losers. And then my buddy Luke was like, hey man, uh, you should check out this band. And he gave me their self-titled album. It just was a picture wow. of a bat skull and a white background. Yes. I was like, all right, let album. me pop this in the CD player on the bus so I don't have to listen to people screaming at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. just put it in, and all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> Brompton Cocktail Blend. Nice. I was like, ooh. What was the first song you listened to like, that you really The first song I got into was uh, probably Afterlife. 
actually, because it was on um, that album. That's a good one. I just thought it was really pretty, and I, I was really like into death at the time, so I was like, whoa. I think everyone is, a, they go through a death phase in teen years, like, I just want to die, or kill something, or something die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, we've all been through that right right, right. have you right? been through the trauma no no yeah the afterlife <laughs> is such a good one wow so that's the first so- like, song of Avenged Sevenfold you ever heard that was the first one I got into by then that I really remember like playing it every morning on repeat on the bus when I got on you nice know? yeah that's a good one sure. that's a very like authentic way to present music to someone like like I mean for the anyone who's like young a CD was a <laughs> a disc <laughs> that you would play in a CD player yeah and you would have to have headphones in like you dude do you remember the CD players like carrying a CD player around oh yeah I had Man. one even when everyone started getting iPod nanos and stuff I was like hold on let me get the clunker out of here <laughs> let me pull out the the jukebox <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was crazy and if you hit it too hard it would like skip a little bit oh, yeah. yeah. For me, the first time I ever heard it, as you remember, we were playing um, Saints Row, too, at your mom's house, actually, down in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And that song, Bat Country, came on, and, like... You know, it was on in the in the game because you could listen yeah, to like the radio while you're driving around. You can, and I just remember that drum bass. It sounded like a helicopter. It was like like a helicopter. Like I was like, man, dude, that is so good. Who is this? And you were like, bro, you never heard of a Venus Sevenfold? And then you show me Beast and the Harlot, and I think that's pretty much history right there. After that, I just was so. And then I think like that right around that Halloween is when you got the Rev hairstyle, or like shortly after. I tried it. Yeah, it didn't look as good, but I tried it. I remember before. Before I got into it, the Rev had already passed away, and like a, a few oh, friends really? of mine who, yeah, well, Kobe Paul, you remember that guy, Kobe? Yeah. He texted me and was like, "Oh man, can you believe this guy died?" I didn't know who it was, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's sad." But in my mind, I was like, "I have no idea who that is." Yeah. Unfortunately, I got into them later, and so it was way more impactful. Like later, I was like, "Oh no, I." This guy's gone, and I didn't get to enjoy it while he was, you know what I mean, Man. Like alive. But yeah, full disclosure for me, like all time favorite album, not even just from this band, just literally my favorite album of all time is City of Evil. Oh, I know that album so front to back, and I just, God, that album has got me through some rough times in life, and it's just, it's a banger. It's a beautiful album. It's so I was the super drums pumped. Are so insane on that. Yeah, album. like just so. I remember at one point you told me when the Rev got done recording it with them and everything in the studio, he broke down crying, and M Shadows was like, "Whoa, what's wrong, man?" He's like, "I just, I don't know how I'm going to play this live. This is insane." <laughs> yeah, apparently in an interview they were saying he was just like so upset at how hard he went because he was like, "Oh my god, I got to play this live at some point." <laughs> that is so crazy, man. Yeah, the yeah. City of Evil is a great album. I think if I had to pick a favy, it's either it's it's either City of Evil, but I also bro that self titled album just slaps so hard, man. Yeah, it's got so many like ugh, so many good. You know ones. what's weird? I was on um I was on Reddit or something like that. They have an Avenged Sevenfold subreddit, mm. and they did a poll. They do polls all the time of like, what's your favorite Avenged Sevenfold album? Right, right. And I'll just run through them. You got Sounding of the Seventh Trumpet, uh, Waking the Fallen. City of Evil, self-titled, uh, I believe, Nightmare, and then Hail to the King, and then The Stage. Yeah. That's seven. And so that's in chronologi- chronological order. <laughs> Chronicles <laughs> That's from Narnia, start yeah. to end. Uh, but people would always rank, like, City of Evil, and they would rank The Stage really high, too. It's interestingly. a good one. It's a very good one. Yeah. And then they would always put the self-titled down below. The only thing below that would be, like, Sounding of the Seventh Trumpet. Like, their very, very first. Yeah. yeah. I mean, understandable. 
But I always liked it too. I thought the self-titled was kind of underrated. I just think like it was more wild and wacky. You know, like like most every album, there's kind of sort of a cohesive theme going on. You know, you've got Nightmare, it's really dark and moody. You've got Hail yeah. to the King, it's very like Metallica. What is that one? Sort of. That one's it like almost a like, callback to '80s metal, right? Exactly. It's like a very, it's like a nod to like Metallica. You know, all their favorite bands growing up, like Tool, Pantera, and, and Pantera. Yeah, like just kind of like chill like like I don't know even how to explain it really but then you've got City of Evil which is very cohesive I mean it's like this dark kind of it's very biblical dark. yeah and they've City got biblical, is very and, biblical and very like poetic and, and, and you know wordy yeah uh, and, the, and, and the music is all kind of similar and then you right. know Waking the Fallen is like hardcore uh, but self-titled I feel like it's just all over the place there's no cohesive theme whatsoever it's just kind of like here's one song that's like super slow and here's like a freaking Acid trip over here in our six <laughs> doing like cocaine fast yeah. over here, scream, like all this crazy stuff. Yeah. They did have a lot going on. Every album was a bit different. I heard that um, someone will have to email and tell me if this is true or not, because I didn't fully fact check this one. But I heard that after they recorded City of Evil, it really messed up M Shadow's vocal cords because he was doing so much screaming and stuff. Yeah. And so that's why he true. like wasn't going quite as hard as he did in like Waking the Fallen and all that, where he was like, getting really into the screamo side. But yeah. now he has a lot more like a melodic voice, you know. When he gets into it, he'll do it. Yeah. But I feel like it was either after City of Evil or after the Rev Pass that they moved to more like progressive metal they weren't quite as punky metalcore yeah, hardcore. Yeah. they were a little more like we're sophisticated now yeah yeah you know? <laughs> we've matured after death yeah that's how it works which i'm sure they got flack for but like you can't blame them for evolving it's well, been 20 years that they've been playing exactly and you know the the literal like the actual factual story but like if you ask if you look at videos m shadows like pretty much tells the truth he says you know, we started with seven, Sound the Seventh Trumpet where it was just Screamo. And that right. was a specific scene at a specific time in history where, like, that was the thing. Especially, Especially in Huntington Beach. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I was going to say, they had, like, a huge punk metal scene. Exactly. And yeah. then they switched over to Waking the Fallen where there was some screaming and some singing. And then they, when they went to City of Evil, the plan from the beginning was to get M. Shadows to sing. Because he, he, you know, felt like he had a voice that was more than just screaming. But if you listen to his voice, it's kind of scream singing, even today. Like, he's got, like, s such a way with his vocals, like, abilities. Mm. Not to get too tech-heavy on the vocal side of things, but, like, the way he sings is more, he says, it's with his throat voice. As opposed to right here where it's your chest. He, like, it's springs. a diaphragm. <laughs> <laughs> he springs with his uh, head voice and his throat voice, which, like, vocal coaches would tell you, yeah, it will fry your uh your vocal cords if you're not careful uh, okay but the way he does it he's had to like go through he he actually got trained by the guy who uh taught axel rose of guns and roses he had him come in and give him vocal lessons on how to last longer and not fry your vocals every single night because like if you go to his old days like in the early 2000s like he's like yeah like just <laughs> yeah. ripping like blood's coming crazy. out of his mouth yeah so <laughs> it, it, he, he definitely put in the work and at each album you can definitely see the evolution of his vocals but i think personally this is just because you know as a fan i feel like the singing aspect is better than the screaming although i do love it when he throws in a nice scream like this song god hates us where it just opens up with like Rah! yeah like it's so good man i can't get over it Ugh, it's so good Man, they are good. I'm taking another sip. Sip of this mojito. <laughs> I'm taking a sip, too. I'm taking a sip, too.
I was thinking about Avenged Sevenfold because they have a very dedicated fan base. Like they've won awards from Revolver Magazine for having the most dedicated fans. Yeah, and stuff it's a very like that. particular. But fan I think base. they they knew what they were doing. They curated it perfectly. They started off in Huntington Beach, going real hard on the punk scene, getting that kind of cult following of people who are just die hard. Yeah, and then. They broadened their horizons a little bit, started playing with Vans Warp Tour, you know, yeah. and like touring around with the more well-known bands at the time. And then yeah. they started making music for like Call of Duty and yeah. video games and stuff. So they nice. got the video game scene, the metalhead scene, and then like the true technical guitarist drummer scenes. Yeah, you know? They yeah. could appeal to all three and crowds. And they, they also like got pretty mainstream for a while. So they got that aspect as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it was probably after like City of Evil that they got kind of mainstream. Yeah. I, it, what happened is they were not like, they were, they had a following, but it wasn't like going anywhere. And, and MTV actually hosted like awards for like the great I think it was like I don't remember what year but it was like early 2000s yeah and Backcountry won the greatest music video award and that's what oh. skyrocketed them to the new fame dude I heard about that he beat out Panic at the Disco Kanye, like, Kanye West yeah, all dude. these crazy and, and artists and so crazy because metal and like rock weren't even in and they still today really aren't in MTV anymore right and so like that's what skyrocketed them into the like, quote unquote mainstream yeah thing. which I what I love about them not to get off subject is that they are a mainstream "Quote unquote band," but you when you talk about Avenged Sevenfold, it still feels like you're talking about like kind of underground sort of like cult mm. following band. You know, they 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 are mainstream and they're like a mainstream band for sure. But they have that hardcore following, so it feels yeah. like it's a mixture. You know what I, I mean? I see what you mean. Same thing with like Twenty One Pilots or other bands like that. Like it's big and it's on the radio all the time, but you have a specific fan base, and so right. it still feels right. like it's like. Kind of like your own secret underground band, like oh, you know, you're you like, see the Seven X, you see the death bat, and you're like ah, oh, that guy gets it, you know, what I mean? <laughs> so cool. Yeah, it is a bit of a bonding thing too, like their community. Mm-hmm. If I meet someone, I find out they're into Avenged Sevenfold, I'm immediately. You that's can what talk me and my hours. girlfriend started talking about. We're like, oh my god, I have so many friends that literally the conversation started just from that. Like I had a drummer in Memphis who, like, the first thing he ever told me was like, man, you ever heard of Avenged Sevenfold? I was like, we're gonna get along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would, what would you say are like your favorite, if you had to pick a favorite song between each album? Okay, let's see. Sounding the Seventh Trumpet, I actually like the one that's not Screamo on that album, the ballad they had. Warmness wow. on the Soul? Yeah, that's Warmness on the Soul is good. good. Waking the Fallen, Unholy Confessions, I love oh, that song. I go hard when so I work out and that song starts yeah. hitting in. They have <laughs> yes. a remaster of that and it's really good. It's really good. Uh, City of Evil, it's really hard for me to choose a favorite. I, I love every song. But I love the song. I think it's... Um, Is it Wicked End? I think it's the Wicked End where he says, it. toss the apple and I'll savor each bite. Because in the end, lyrics. you know, Adam was right. Like, I love that lyric in particular. That's awesome. Self-titled. Oh, man. There's some That's, good ones I on know, that right? too, It's so right? hard. <laughs> I'd say I like unbound the wild ride because it really makes me feel like i'm in that willy wonka scene where they're on the boat and things start getting crazy i just feel that in the song that's awesome uh what's the next one hail to the king nightmare Nightmare. okay nightmare nightmare danger line that's a a really good one because it makes me feel kind of something sad he gets like it's sad but pumped at the same time it's a weird feeling yeah that that whole album captures a very weird vibe what about hail to the king 
Hail to the King. That was probably my least favorite album personally by them. Even though, weirdly enough, that album came out as number one on the Billboard. Yeah, that, that was like, number blew one for a long up. time. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. I don't but, know how, but like that one. Um, yeah. I like Shepherd of Fire. Shepherd it's of Fire one. and Hail to the King is good. Yeah. And then The Stage. Um, I recently listened to that one. And I really like, oh, what is it? Sunny Disposition and Crimson Day. Those are my two faves. Yeah. Yeah, the weird trumpet. They got yeah. so prog, like progressive they metal on that. They were wacky on that album. <laughs> Man. I think for me, uh, I, I have to agree, Warmness on the Soul for Sounding the Seven Trumpet, uh, Waking the Fallen, and I, again, I have to agree, Unholy Confessions. That yeah. one's just too good. Yeah. Especially that breakdown. That's when I start going heavy. I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to rip my arms off. Yeah. Uh, City of Evil, I'll have to differ a little bit, um, and I and I hate to say it because it's kind of like the mainstream song, but I, Backcountry to me yeah. will always have a special spot because that was the first song I ever heard. You know what's and funny? So that actually good. is what got me into Hunter S. Thompson. I'm sure some people would be so like mad at me oh, for that, oh, but well, at the some, end he says, um, "Too weird to live, too rare to die." That and that's movie, from the book of the movie, Fear and Loathing in Las right, Vegas. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. I, I I just love that song. I mean, everything about it, whether it's the guitar solos, the drum breakdown, the vocals, like everything about it is so good. Um, for self-titled, I'll have to differ a little bit as well. I I mean, obviously, a little piece of heaven is like one of their greatest oh, songs ever. Yeah, but I, I will forgot say that one. my favorite is. Weirdly, I love the song Scream. Okay. Because, That's a raw one. Yeah, it's raw. It's, just, it's, it's hardcore. It's it's a little slowed down, but it's really good. Yeah. Um, uh, that I, one's very and, primal, isn't me it? Me and my wife, Amber, her, me, our song, one of our songs is Dear God. Oh. Yeah, it's a good one. That's such a good like ballad. They have such good ballads, too. They you know do. I mean? Yeah, they're underrated on that aspect. A lot of people are like, eh, whatever. No, no, they're so good. Uh, for Nightmare, I think uh, Fiction is really mm, good for yeah. me. But I also love Nightmare, too. That one hits heavy. That one's heavy, but I I also, like, love the song Nightmare. Yeah. And Welcome to the Nightmare's Family. Good. I love all of them. No, I scared. love that line in Nightmare where he says, life's made up of choices, some without appeal. Mm. And I, and then he says something after that, but I was like, man, yeah, he's right. I reached the bottom of my drink, man. <laughs> for it's going to be a good episode. Hail to the King, I actually have, it's grown on me the more I listen to it. My favorite song is Acid Rain. Acid Rain, really? Yeah, that one and Planets, because those oh, songs kind of go cool. together. They 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 intentionally made those songs to kind of like go to have yeah. together, uh, ugh, cohesively. The yeah. rum is hitting my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's hitting my tongue box. <laughs> and um, the last, we'll see the stage. I really is as much of a long song as it is. Exist that song's literally like sixteen minutes. Oh, that long. one's cool. But it's like the whole right. point when they wrote that, they said. Um, it's the only song really on the album that they kind of jammed and wrote it as they were jamming. And they, the idea was to put music behind the idea of what it would be like to experience the Big Bang. So it starts ah. off like kind of a lot going on, boom, 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 you know, like really loud. And all of a sudden it kind of becomes somber and then like the beginnings of life. And so the song kind of evolves as you're listening to it. And if you could just think of like the Big Bang happening as you're listening to it, uh, it's pretty, cra- it's pretty crazy, man. So yeah, I'd say those are my favorites. You know what I'm thinking? You talking about that reminds me, like, they make a lot of... And then freaking, what's his name, speaks on the end of it? Oh, what's that guy's oh. name? Oh, is it Neil deGrasse Tyson? Yes, yes. He, yes. he gives a speech. Oh, yes. my God. Like, I don't know how they managed to do that, they, man. They just asked him, and he was like... Well, he actually gave him flack for a second. They were like, hey, we want you to say all this. And, he, you know, he's super smart. So he responded with, you know, 
John Lennon wrote, imagine what's just like a few words. You want me to say all of this? And he's like, yeah, trust me on this. It's more and more of a progressive band. And he did it. Oh, really? Yeah. He, so Neil was a little skeptical at first. He was like, it seems like a lot. You want me to give a five minute speech on your song? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's only like a, a third of the song. It's yeah, fine. It's not even 16 minutes long. It's yeah, not it's, even a quarter it's not even it's not even a tenth of the song, honestly. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> what were you saying? Is that going to go? You said, oh, I was just going to say they have gotten away with almost every album. They make really long songs. Like they do. I was thinking, City of Evil. I don't think there's a track that's under five minutes on that album at all. And the and that Save was what Me from Nightmare. That one's like ten minutes long. Yeah, and I think that's why. A little piece. Of okay, I like want to talk a little bit. I want to get into along with the themes of the different albums, the drummer situation because they've had oh, kind yeah. of a fraught history with the drummers, especially with the Rev passing and yeah, all that. Yeah, so sad. But when nightmare came out and the rev passed away during the making of that album and you mentioned fiction that's the last song he wrote right he literally went alone in his room and recorded it like in his phone and that was three days before he died it's crazy which is so crazy because the song is pretty much like a a death note like it's like a not like a suicide note but like a like a note a few like a song for a funeral type absolutely yeah if you're listening to this and you have not heard fiction and you like Avenged Sevenfold, just listen to it right now and you'll notice it It doesn't sound quite as well mastered because it is more raw. Like they And didn't they get to left his it. vocals in it at some points, right. too. And so if you hear like kind of a singer who doesn't necessarily sound like in the shadows and a little less uh, professionalized, I guess you could say, is because right. it's, yeah, they left his vocals in there as an ode to his life, which is pretty cool, yeah. I think. And he wrote a lot of their songs. He so did many, a lot of the, the screams. All the big songs he did. Like Little he Piece wrote, of Heaven. For Rock sure. Cocktail. Yep. He wrote Afterlife. I think he wrote Afterlife, and yeah. And Almost Easy. Yeah, he was an amazing, prolific drummer. I can't believe he died at 28. It's insane. Yeah, he died so young. He died of an enlarged heart. Uh, oh, apparently okay. Apparently, the story is uh, he, he had medication that he had to take, mm-hmm. and he took it, and he was drinking one night. Which is very strange because he wrote the song Brompton Cocktail. I'm not going to go down that road too much, but he wrote the song Brompton Cocktail, which is essentially a song about a person who had a disease and took a Brompton Cocktail, which is like pills and a drink, to yeah. end their own life. Not saying which is those kind are connected, of, well, but that it is feels like what they, they say. Because you know I was mean? looking at some research and they were saying he had other drugs in his system at the time he died. Yeah, and he I don't want to make any well. judgment either. Yeah, yeah, right. no, I, I mean, don't want to make you know. it seem like it's a suicide or not, but but it it certainly feels like poetic almost in a way yeah you know he did that he wrote that song and then he wrote fiction and then it's just like the perfect crescendo to the end and yeah i mean they were pretty messed up they didn't know if they were going to continue as a band right. after that but they had uh, the drummer for Dr- dream theater mike, mike portnoy, portnoy. Yeah. yeah he came in and, and crazily enough which is incredible riff, if mike portnoy wants to play with you you know you fucking made it because yeah. that guy i'm sorry for the cursing but <laughs> no, no, man that true. guy is incredible i mean he's he's <laughs> amazing he's so good and actually the rev like liked listening to him he loved dream theater so it, it just even makes it even that much better like he That's looked good. up to mike portnoy and tried to match yeah. his style who was the guy after mike portnoy because he helped him finish nightmare album aaron ilje aaron ilje he did one album with them he did hail to the king and then they were like uh yeah we have creative <laughs> differences i think we're gonna go with someone else and now it's yeah. like what's the guy now what's his name oh brooks wackerman yes who was, brooks he was with wackerman. Rad, bad religion he was the drummer for tenacious d i know i heard crazy? about the tenacious oh, d man. background i was like that's great yeah just so you listen to so uh the metal by tenacious d and you'll hear some 
some great drumming yeah, from him. Yeah, he's tried to stop the metal, but we... <laughs> I mean, that's the guitar, but... <laughs> he's a great drummer. Bruce Wackerman is really good. He's a very technical, very offbeat drummer. But right. he's, he's a good dude. Yeah, he's, he's solid, for sure. Mike Portnoy was really good, but they just had some... Like, like the whole situation is, is kind of crummy, if you listen to like what actually happened, like basically Mark Mike Portnoy went back to Dream Theater after finishing that, but decided like you know what I had way more fun. I felt like more alive in Avenged Sevenfold, so I'm gonna leave Dream Theater. So he quit there, and when he came back, they had already got an Aaron Ilje oh, because he, they, really? they think he was gonna come back, and so he got screwed mm. because then when he tried to go back to Dream Theater, they already had a new drummer for there. So at this point, he's kind of doing. I mean, he's obviously set for life. You right. don't have to worry about anything, but he's kind of doing his own thing right now at this point. I didn't know all that now yeah huh. it's pretty crazy like yeah it kind of got screwed there which he, he was so good if I, outside the rev he's probably my other favorite drummer that they had mike portnoy yeah because he's just he's crazy man he is he's really awesome. good i listened to a little dream theater and i was just like yeah this is definitely progressive it's, yeah it's it's, it's technical it's intense <laughs> it's very, very yeah technical and that's why I say they have that perfect intersect of the three different types of crowds. Like, just straight up metalheads who love all that nonsense, which yeah. I'm definitely one of them. Yeah, me too. Video game nerds, I'm also one of them. And then technical, very people who are actually into the skill set involved in learning guitars yeah, and drumming. absolutely. I mean, most every single song has a guitar solo and, like... Man, you can you can really communicate the vibe of a song just by the tone of a guitar. I yeah. mean, you know what I mean? Like you listen to Dear God and you listen to the end of it, like the like the guitar, you can pretty much feel what they were saying, yeah. what they were trying to communicate and feeling at that moment. And then oh, you man. get like scream and you just you feel the aggression. The primalness. Just in the way the guitar tunes. I think that's what's cool yeah. about Avenged Sevenfold too, is like they love their fans, of course. Like they are very dedicated to their live performances. Definitely. In fact, if they, with the new album they're making, which I know we'll talk about it at the end, but they literally delayed releasing it because of the COVID stuff because exactly. they wanted to do a live performance. Exactly, and that's so that's but so dedicated. They to the at fans. the same time they don't they do what they want to do. They don't care what you say. They're gonna make the album they want to make. Everyone yeah. gave them flack for Hail to the King because they're like, oh, they're not metalcore anymore and stuff, but. They, they just came out, and it came out want. at number one, so it doesn't even matter for, a for them. a long time, too, man. <laughs> it was number one for so long. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Which is weird, because I really did think it was one of the weaker albums. I, I mean, still good. I, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like my least favorite is probably their very, very first album, Sounding the Seven Trumpet. Right. But still, I mean... It's good. It's just one of those bands where like you have to pick the lesser of the best. You right. Know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's all so good. So even yeah. your least favorite is like I could listen to it all day. Man, listening to I don't know if Sinister Gates did the acoustic solo at the end of Sidewinder. They might have gotten might have gotten someone else. Him but... and his dad actually shared it. Really? Yeah. Him and his dad. That's his dad crazy. Is really good guitarist oh, because well. a lot of them come from musical backgrounds, right? Like M. Shadow's family were musicians too. I know I that. I think so. His and dad I know was Jimmy, in a punk band. Or not Jimmy. Um. Sinister Gates, his dad was like a really good guitarist. I'm yeah. not exactly sure, but I think he was in a band. But he, yeah, he's really good. Yeah, so it kind of makes sense. They got it in the blood. Yeah, in the bloodstream. <laughs> and you know what else is really interesting about the band? The fact that like it's not just metal, but like the lyrical content of that band, like they go deep, man. Yeah, like, their lyrics are so in depth. I know, and that's... well thought out. You know? I mean, honestly, if we go from purely instrumentals, and I'm talking about City of Evil by itself right here. But Wicked End is probably not the strongest song on that album, instrumental-wise. But the lyrics 
put it over the top for me yeah. because it really hits me personally in a way that makes me think because I grew up Christian and all that. And they go heavy into the biblical stuff on that whole album. Yeah. What's your favorite lyric? And like, explain why you like it, you said. I, I like the part where he says, toss the apple, I'll savor each bite, because in the end, you know, Adam was right. And then he, he goes on to like explain it throughout the song a little more. But essentially, he's talking about the fact that like wanting to acquire knowledge is not necessarily, he's okay with that being a sin. He's like, you know what? Do it. Toss me that apple. I'm going to savor the knowledge that I learned because that's part of being human. And I'm okay with that, even if it's a mm. sin. So, you know, deep. yeah. I they say, have all sorts of stuff like that. I know. That. I, if we're going off like our favorite lyrics of the thing, I think, like, weirdly, kind of like an off track song. My favorite lyric is from the song Lost on the self titled. Yeah. Um, it's the bridge, I believe. Been lost for most of this life. Lost for most of this life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they did auto tune like crazy on that song, and they didn't know why, but they were just like, let's try it. And it turned out to be great. <laughs> but there's a, a line in the bridge where it says, um, the song essentially, it, it itself is about mankind is always obsessed with war and as much as people pray for it to go away like that's just how human beings are and there will Mm. always be another war to fight there will always be more battle critical claims like that too yeah pretty much Mm. that one talks about the government but this one's more strictly about like people who just like Mm. are so against war and pray against war not that war is good but it's just like they like the the human side of you know humanity the evolution of humanity will always have war within it and so i think the lyric is like it's i think it says um as you close your eyes tonight, be praying for a better life. We'll mm-hmm. see you lying helplessly awake. Basically, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's a, kind of a dark Stop song. Stop dwelling on the desperate side. Yeah, yeah. Is what he says Yeah, well. yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you can choose to do that. That's fine. But at the end of the day, humans will be humans and we'll yep. always be obsessed with war. And that's just how it is. Yeah. And for me, that it's a little dark, but <laughs> but it's uh, it's so true and powerful. Yeah. Very Ooh, I'm getting chills right now on my back of my neck from you talking about Whoa. that. I know. <laughs> really? Maybe it's just the rum hitting me, but Maybe it's the rum. I do Maybe feel it's like the, music, their man. lyrics are pretty profound for sure. And speaking on that, chills, like legitimately, not to keep backtracking, but... One thing I love about music is, like, just music itself has its own language. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, you can listen to a song, and like you said, I've listened to Avenged Sevenfold music and literally had chills. Not from the words, but just, like, from the, yeah. the vibe of the music. And I think just, like, one thing they're so good at is capturing you in and out of vibes. Like, you listen to yeah. Bad Country, and it's, like, really heavy, really heavy, really heavy. And then it goes into that, Take trip tonight and like gives you a minute to breathe. You're like, yeah, it's like they they call in their interview. They say we like to make it feel drugged out. Like for a second, you're just kind of like whoa, and then they go back into the God and like they bring you back in and out of vibes. And that's kind of their trick, really, is like bringing people in and out of vibes because it makes you hungry for more. For sure, if you stay in one vibe the whole time, it's kind of like okay, you know, this is kind of repetitive. But when you're bringing in and out of different, yeah. It's so cool, right? That's that is cool. That There's is such really a technique and an art to music that they just have yeah. they've mastered. I guess maybe because I was kind of thinking about a lot of their albums do that a lot, where they go back and forth mm-hmm. in the different mm-hmm. like uh, danger line style. Like you it Absolutely, starts off hard, ends I like, know when he starts yeah. talking about his daughter and that one. That's when I'm like, oh, yeah. oh I'm sad. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but. Uh, and the new album, The Stage, I feel like there's not as much of that. And maybe it's because the songs are so long. My ADD brain kicks long. in. It's hard for me to stay <laughs> with it. But I feel like they took a little bit of a different direction. And hey, 
M Shadows, if for some crazy reason you're listening to this podcast, please correct me. But <laughs> I feel like they went with a theme there and they focused more on their theme of making it a concept album than they did each individual song. They wanted them to tie together. You know? Yeah, I, maybe. I, I believe, I know in an interview he said he didn't intend to make it a thematic um like a really theme. I thought so it was about AI be, and all that. He said he just wanted each song to have a cohesive element. He didn't necessarily want to create mm. a story like okay. like The Wall or Tommy or something like that. But right. He just wanted to, uh, you know, have guess, cohesive themes. But I mean, I agree with what you're saying. I think they were very focused on AI and like artificial intelligence and yeah. space and all that stuff. I can't remember which, which song amazing. it was, but they literally talk about the idea of like, we're creating some type of intelligence, but you don't even know what you're going to create. God. Yeah. Creating God. Yeah. We're creating God. Unsure of what we'll find. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, oh, a that's good such one. a good song too, man. Man, that might be my favorite from that album. That's now like, that I think what? about no, it. I changed my mind. <laughs> I changed it. I have three songs. This is the whole album. It's no. so good, man. There's so many bangers, man. Yeah. So good. I, I just love the guitar. I love the bass. Even the bass. And if you watch interviews, like you'll genuinely fall in love with the people too. Like they're they're really down to earth people. And uh M Shadows is definitely like my primary man crush. If I could ever meet a band, <laughs> I would Aside from 21 Pilots, which is my, my absolute favorite band, which we're going to do an episode one day. Oh, yeah. Uh, Avenged Temple, dude, if I met anyone from that band, I would probably, like, lose control. I try not to be that guy who would, like, gush and, like, make them feel weird, but I don't think I'd be able to help myself yep. if I met, like, Sinister I know. I'd be like, oh. oh, my God, you changed my life so much. I love you so much. I'm sorry. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm going to get six pictures Me of you too. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I only got to be, meet one band. It was Falling in Reverse. I got to take a picture with all of them. And it was nice. weird because they had like a whole line of people. So I was just like, hey. And they were like, oh, hey, what's up? And then I took a picture with them and left. Yeah, and I was just I like, hate I hate that. Yeah. yeah. If I've met Avenged Sevenfold, I want to actually talk to them and be like, I dude. Would, I would want to run into them like at a coffee shop or a bar or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something like where you're not rushed for time and you don't have to like. Make it weird. You can just be like, dude, I love your stuff. Like, something simple like that. I feel like they'd appreciate that. But if you sit there and start crying, you're like, oh, my God. Get this guy away from me. Because <laughs> you've done, like, some uh, live shows and stuff. So I'm sure you'd know the experience of, like, if you had a fan coming up, someone who's, like, freaking no, out. No, I never had a fan. <laughs> oh, I'm your fan, man. But I've had people come up and want to talk about music, and that's awesome. I can yeah. do that all day. But, yeah, I, I can't imagine... The level of fame they are like that's one thing about fame that freaks me out is like imagining being so big that you can't even go to like Walmart or Kroger without right. someone no noticing who you are and be like oh yeah. my god I love you you know what I mean like that's crazy to think about you know I know yeah. they've definitely reached that level oh absolutely they've done some insane things in their time they have so many accolades I I probably can't even count like it started in 2006 they got that best new artist award you were talking about yeah, from that's where MTV. It all started with them. And then 2008, they got several awards. 2010, they got a Golden Gods Award from Revolver Magazine. The Rev yeah. got that one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then even as recently as 2018, I mean, they won a Loudwire Music Award. They were for nominated an album for a Grammy, year. I think, two years ago. Yeah, that was the same one. It's nice. a few years ago now. They didn't win, unfortunately. But still, right. the fact that the fact a metal nominated. band was nominated for yeah, that's that itself is pretty crazy. It is wild. So I guess we can talk a little bit about um, where they're at now, you know? Yeah. Because they've been around since 1999. 
They're getting older. They're like in their 40s now. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they're still working on an eighth album. And they started getting into something that has been a bit more controversial. And I know a lot of people have mixed feelings on it, including myself. So I did a little research on the whole NFT stuff because that's what they're getting into. In You'll shadows. definitely have to educate me on that because I've heard him talk about it, but I still have no idea what he's talking about when he talks about it. It is a very weird concept, and you almost have to think about it like um, the metaverse, like the internet world, as opposed to the real world, something you could hold in your hands. But he didn't ask me anything on Reddit. M. Shadows did, and he talked about it, kind of trying to defend it, you know? And basically what they did is they're trying to build up their community even more, give some some people more exclusive things. And they created these non-fungible tokens called the Death Bat Club. They made Hmm. 10,000 individual different Death Bats. Imagine like a... A picture on your computer, and that's the t- only they, they copy of that it picture. They likened to like avatars, sort of like buyable things on video games. Right? Sort of. Yeah. Imagine ten thousand individual avatars that are exclusive. Once they're bought, there's no more you can get, and they are tied to what's called a blockchain technology, hmm. and that's the stuff that's really big on the stock market right now, like Bitcoin and Ethereum yeah, and yeah. Dogecoin. Right. This is based out of Ethereum's blockchain technology, so. Essentially, they create these tokens with a very individual, unique uh, image and a unique identifier. So it can make them really valuable, which can cause problems because it can cause you to have to pay like a million dollars just to get one. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a very cool thing that ties you to the band. And if you have it, supposedly you can get like free tickets to their shows, discount on their merch. Hang out sesh, I heard them say like free like meet and greets, they'll give you a signed guitar. Right. Or something as small as like a skin on a game or something like that. Yeah, because it is so exclusive. Yeah. Now who knows how much of this is a money grab or like Warner Brothers Media cracking the whip and being like, give us that money! But (laughs) M. Shadows makes it seem like he genuinely is bought into it, so for better or for worse, they are in the NFT game now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those complex things. I don't know if I'll necessarily ever be into it, but I, I, I appreciate that they're constantly striving to do new things to give the fans something more of themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. It's interesting. If, if, if anything, the word interesting is what I'd use. Absolutely, yeah. And for their... Uh, so the NFT stuff aside, you know, whether you like it or not, they're going to use it as a part of their new tour to help, like you said, give people exclusive backstage stuff and yeah. tickets and all that. Yeah. I think they said they're waiting on COVID to calm down because when they come out with the album, they don't want to have to like wait a year to tour. Then they're going to be like, no one's going to give a crap about the album after a year. Which Pretty much. I would debate. I think people will. I don't care. I know. I would I, still I go. The hardcore fans will care. But yeah. I understand how from a creative like, perspective, they want it to be fresh, perhaps. But yeah. anyway, they said they're waiting to get the strings composed. They have like a 70-member orchestra that they're trying to put together Jeez to compose Louise. the strings for their newest <laughs> album. That's one thing that makes them different from a lot of metal bands is they definitely use a lot of authentic instruments. I know. Yeah. Just listen to A Little Piece of Heaven and you'll notice they have like a boys' choir. They have violins. They orchestra. got trombone, they have trumpets. And they do that for a lot of songs. They go all out. Yeah. They said, I, I heard a video, he said, we were, we're about 70% done with an entire new album. We're just waiting for the ability to go live and throw the live show, which is pretty crazy to me. Like, yeah. That's so dedicated to 
you know, being like for the people, you know, like they, they right. know exactly that it's the live show that get people pumped about it. Yeah. You know I mean? And, and unfortunately on me, you and me have never seen them live, which is so Amazingly. sad. You know, it's crazy. I had a girl that I was talking to at the time. This is several years ago mm-hmm. when I had first moved up here mm-hmm. and she was going to a live show. She bought me a ticket. But I had to work, and I and I could not get out of it. I, no. and, and it was, but but in a way, I'm kind of glad now because I want that first experience to be with my bro, my fellow adventurer. Oh Club yeah, man. boy! And she bought me a shirt, which was I wore it like all the time. It's such so cool. Their their merch is so cool. Their Death Bat logo is so cool. I was chewing on that mint. It, it really <laughs> exploded the flavor <laughs> from the mojito. Jesus. But yeah, I agree with you, man. I want to see him live still, and I'm glad they're still touring. And I, I think know it's we'll... good that they've taken a break because he's given his voice time to rest up, so he'll be able to right. come back with his A game. Yeah, another weird thing about the new album, I think uh, it was either Zacky Vengeance or Sinister Gates, but one of them was talking about how they were very influenced by Kanye West in the new album. Really? Yes. That they were is like, so crazy. dude, it's hard for coming. me to get inspired by a lot of like nasty thrashes and riffs on guitars these days. Yeah. But for some reason, Kanye West albums really inspired him. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to start putting that in there. That is so bizarre. I'm like, all right, this is either going to be really interesting or terrible. But <laughs> knowing I'm in Sevenfold, I'm sure it'll be it'll great. It'll be good, I'm sure. But, but it's going to be weird. <laughs> two different crowds, again, they're just yeah. like doing what they want. They don't they care. They don't care, yeah. And the label just kind of lets them do what they want. Because ultimately, anytime they put something out, it ends up being great. Did you know they got sued by Warner Brothers? I did know that, yeah. They were in a lawsuit for a long time. I don't remember the exact details of why, but I remember yeah. they were sued. That was back something. in like 2010, right? Like around yeah. Nightmare's release and it stuff? It lasted for a while. I don't know why either, but I guess they accused them of trying to like get out of the contract somehow or another. I know that from what I've heard, they have one more year of, 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 or one more mm. album cycle. Oh, you know what I did remember? Actually, I remember M. Shadow saying he tried to move away because a lot of the executives had moved on from Warner Brothers. They had new executives. There wasn't the same people. Oh, okay. So he was bad like, or something like that. Mm. Yeah. That's Just nice. like with uh, that one drummer. What's his name? Il J. Aaron Il J. Aaron Il J. I feel like they were like, yeah, creative differences. We did not like him. <laughs> Secretly, they were saying that. He gave them what they needed for that album. That happened to be number one, so I get it. Yeah, They needed yeah. someone probably like their age, too, because he was like in his early 20s, and they were oh, like really? 40. That so, makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, because the new guy they got now, what's Brooks his name? Wackerman. He's Brooks like Wackerman. Older than he's them. like 44 or yeah, something. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's right up he's there. He's got a lot of good, like practice thing he, he does a lot of teaching classes on youtube as well oh okay his style is yeah so does sinister gates he has a like a music school yeah, kind like of thing he started class, yeah yeah it's pretty cool they're all doing that i guess i mean when you're that famous bro you do whatever you want pretty much and Might your passion well. is guitar yeah just do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay well shoot i guess that's most of avenge sevenfold for now as of 2022 in february working on the new album yeah. Um, Kanye influenced for some reason. So the future president. Should be very curious. <laughs> Man. Bo Kanye. Uh. <laughs> you, uh, to leave them off with a note, if you were to recommend a album to start with for a new viewer, which which album would you pick? Like I someone mean, who's never heard of uh, Sinful. I'm just gonna. I gotta say, City of Evil. City of Evil. Personally, I think they should start with Back Country because, like you said, it does really kind of grip you. Yeah. But yeah, front to back, there's no bad songs on that album. It's so good, yeah. It definitely encompasses what they were going for. I would say, I would agree with you, City of Evil, and I would also say probably self-titled, 
Yeah. Just to get an idea that, like, man, they'll keep you on your toes. You'll think they'll be releasing one thing, and then they're like, it's a hail to the king. You're like, wow, I did not see that coming at all. Or, like, this right. stage, talking about freaking artificial intelligence. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, one of those two. If you're going to ever listen to Avenged Sevenfold and you appreciate music in itself, uh, it's definitely worth giving it. You know, everything from the harmonizing guitars to the mm-hmm. nasty bass to the vocal lines, the lyrics. Uh, the solos, the piano, everything. Yeah. About and there's a shout out I want to give. I don't know the guy's name, but if you type in YouTube, like making an Avenged Sevenfold song in 10 minutes, there's a guy on there who literally records a song to sound like Avenged Sevenfold in 10 minutes. He does it a single shot. He doesn't cut it. And he does a surprisingly good job. So check that out. Nice. That's, it was funny <laughs> to watch. I'll show it to you after this. Nice. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little about the mojito. Yeah, the mojito is good. Uh, like I said, a very good summer drink. What mm-hmm. do you think our next drink's going to be? Because I don't know what we're going to talk mm. about, but soon I want to talk about 21 Pilots. I don't know. Because I know I could talk about them for hours. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, 21 Pilots, so I'd be down to learn more about them. Maybe like a, a oh. sidecar, maybe? or Sidecar? That could be a good one. Or like a classic daiquiri? I gotta tell you what, the people who are listening, email us at thehappyhourpower at gmail.com for episode recommendations and drink recommendations. We would really appreciate it. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, well, maybe we'll go with sidecar or something. And I think for this ranking, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. That's what I was going to say. This one particularly, because I didn't have my uh, my utensils to make the drink the way I usually do, I'd say 6 out of 10. Normally, I'd give it like a 7 out of 10, but mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be still six good. 6 out of 10. I Just mean, because it didn't have enough flavor. It just felt I like I was drinking wrong, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel it afterwards, but in the moment, you don't taste it too much. Yeah, so. I agree. I, I, I'm yeah. starting to like bitter drinks more but not like straight bitter but like slightly but i'm like easing myself into the bitter world of drinks yeah appreciate bitter uh liquors more but yeah six out of ten is a fair grade i would say all right guys well thanks for tuning in and that one guy from belgium you're awesome yes uh, please keep watching young man <laughs> <laughs> or we'll woman check back in later <laughs>